Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Before we kick off the pod and introduce this week's guest, I am very proud to say that this episode is brought to you by our little indie band. John, Neil and Richie go above and beyond to raise awareness and vital funds for charities across the Northeast. And with the impending Euro 2020 tournament around the corner, they've decided to work their magic again. Christmas saw them reach the dizzy heights of number 18 in the iTunes chart with a single, A Little Christmas Spark. And they're hoping that this new charity single, Believe, will make it even further. Created to support England in the Euro 2020 tournament, the sales of this song will go towards supporting Northeast Homeless, a charity that provides vital support to vulnerable and homeless people across the country. Here's a little clip of Believe. Well, this is a song that I'm already hooked on and I've been singing it for the last few days now. Please keep an eye on our social media. Head over there. I'll have all the links there. You can go support the guys, help support the charity, a great cause. And let's make this go to number one. I'm sure we can do it. Moving on to this week's guest. I am honoured and privileged to be joined by a three-time world champion, a two-time Paralympic Games gold medalist, Kevin McKee. Kevin takes us through his journey from childhood and discovering his passion to becoming a prolific winner. Let's find out the whole story. Good afternoon, Kevin. Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle, or good morning for you. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you doing? Good, doing good. Uh, just uh, been training a lot recently. Now okay. we're getting ready for uh, World Championships here in June. So Okay, wow, okay. So you mentioned World Championships, Kevin. Do you just want to tell listeners what exactly you are best known for, what your career is, what your passion is, what your hobby is. Yeah, um, my name is Kevin McKee. Um, I'm a two-time Paralympic gold medalist uh, in the sport of sled hockey. Uh, they call it para-ice hockey, too, um, internationally. Um, yeah, and uh, been doing that for – this will be my 12th season on the USA national team. Wow. Okay. That's, that's tremendous. I mean, the fact that you're a double – gold medalist is phenomenal let's go all the way back to childhood and kevin where did what were you doing as a child what were the hobbies what was going on yeah when i was a kid uh my parents were pretty uh into getting me into all kinds of sports and all kinds of things like that because i'd watch sports on tv all the time um and in my area in iowa we didn't have a whole lot of options um for disabled athletes uh there was there was kind of basketball, a little bit of tennis here and there. Um, right. And then my sister was a figure skater. So they started up a sled hockey program here in the Quad Cities. My mom saw a flyer and uh, I was about eight years old when I tried it out. They had a like a little tryout, uh, learn to skate thing. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it right away because uh, hockey was always a sport that like I watched with my uncles because they played. Um, right. And so... 
uh, I love the fact that uh, I was able to get out of my wheelchair and get into this uh, new equipment and the speed of it. I fell in love right away, um, how I could move fast and how it was challenging to balance right off the bat um, yeah. kind of intrigued me. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that you could hit people too. I mean, that was awesome. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it kind of intrigues me as well because sled hockey isn't, is not, it's not something I'd massively heard about. I'd seen little bits here and there. And then obviously when I'd reach out to yourself, I was like, I'm going to watch a little bit of this as well. And I, I sent, I was like sent through YouTube videos to a friend as well. I was like, have you seen how good this sport is? This is amazing. I mean, I've seen a little bit, but this is absolutely phenomenal. So sled hockey, is it okay? To, Kevin, were you born with a disability? Yeah. Yeah. I was born with a uh, causal regression syndrome. So I'm uh, missing a lower part of my spine and then, um, my knees and uh, feet are fused. So okay. um, I basically use a wheelchair to move around uh, most of the time just because it's easier, but I yeah. can use uh, crutches too. Okay. Okay. So. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. so, gr- so growing up, you've, you found sled hockey. And I mean, let's be honest, ice skating's hard enough as it is. So <laughs> talking about the balance there and you guys absolutely race around that rink. I mean, yeah. Just talk us through the experience when you first get onto a, onto a sled. For yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's difficult at first. Uh, the balance is probably the hardest, just like standing up um, on skates. Um, but for us, we have, you know, the two blades underneath. So you start wider, usually okay. two inches to maybe three, even depending on your disability and how much core you have. Um, and then you just, you kind of, it's just a lot of practice, a lot of, just keep going and figuring little things out, like, you know, either making the tight uh, sled tighter, or if you need to move the blades out wider in, eventually you want to get in more because then you can do quicker turns. Um, That's the goal of it. And then there's a lot of playing around with lengths of your sticks. um, Like how, how, how tall you want them, depending on your, you know, like uh, your wingspan and your reach and all that kind of stuff. But just a lot of playing around, but then once uh, you start to get it, it's, it's a blast. Yeah, I mean, just, just listening to you talk, it actually sounds a lot more technical than what people probably realize. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. But that's the hardest thing when I help people try it, try it out. I mean, they get frustrated right away, and I'm like, it's just, it just takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not as e- it's not as easy as just jumping in a wheelchair. If you already are a wheelchair user, you know how to move a wheelchair yeah. if you're playing like wheelchair basketball or something. Um, but, I mean, this is totally different, so... So when you first got into it, you said straight away, this was something that I, I was going to enjoy because I could hit people and I could skate around. And was, was it an instant love for the sport as soon as you tried it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I liked that I was able to get in something different besides yeah, my yeah. Uh, wheelchair. Cause I mean, I play, I play a little bit of wheelchair basketball too. Um, okay. and actually went a little further than that in the beginning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, I don't know how to say it. It's kind of like, um, it gives you a sense of like freedom kind yeah. of getting out, you know, getting out and getting out of that chair. And then, um, yeah, just, yeah, I man. loved it. That's that sounds amazing. And as you were one of the, the kind of the first people in your area to try that, cause it was a new program. Was there a lot of uptake in the sport? Uh, around here it became, it was more of like a recreational thing. Yeah. Um, it's not until I got a little bit older, I was about like 13. I, um, heard about like the St. Louis program. They started to want to play some games against us, Chicago area. They started to, uh, have interest in like playing games. 
And then the Chicago team was night and day better than us. I mean, they were way more advanced. They've been around. They had Paralympians at the time. Um, so I actually went up to a couple of their practices to mainly just watch because at that time they didn't want, you know, a 13-year-old on the yeah, ice. Yeah, um, so just went up there to watch. But then for me to be able to see those Paralympians go, and then I learned more about the Paralympics because I didn't really know a whole lot about it yeah. um, and how it was just the same as the Olympics and it's just as competitive. Um, I, I, that drew me in. So, uh, seeing those guys and move around and just, uh, how they had so much fun and they kind of let me in the locker room. So that was kind of cool. That drew me into, so. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. must be, it must be quite inspiring to be sat around Paralympians and no doubt Paralympic champions at the time or medalists. Certainly. Is that almost where you, at a 13 year old, where you got a taste and you thought, I want to be a Paralympian. That's something I want to do. I want to represent Team USA at the Paralympics. Yeah, because it was um, it was like right after they had won in 2002, I believe, when they yeah. won the first gold. Um, so I saw that gold medal, and then I was like, yeah, I want one of these. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so I want to work, work what, towards one of those. What is the progression? And, you know, you've seen it. How do you then go on to achieve this? So you already said you're playing a team where the standards night and day. Was it the case if you had to leave the team that you were at and go and join another team in order to get the standard you wanted to become? Or was it just a case of working at the team you were at and, and really bringing everyone else up to that standard as well? Um, Kind of. I mean, um, my team wasn't really going to go anywhere. Like I said, it was more of a recreational yeah, yeah. thing. So I kind of started playing with the St. Louis team um, more and more and going to tournaments with them. And then um, I found out more about this uh, development team that the U.S. had a program for uh, newer players and a lot mainly towards younger athletes for future Paralympians. Right. So when I go to when I went to these tournaments, I guess their coaches were there at the big national tournament and they saw me and uh, I got asked to go to the camp uh, that summer. Um, and that's kind of where you go. And like I still didn't fully understand the game of hockey. I mean, I, kinda, yeah. I was this young fast and could shoot. So that's all I did. I mean, I didn't know where to be in the place or anything yeah, like yeah, that. So going to the camp here in the U S I mean, that was huge um, because the coaches from the national team are there and they're, they're running it. And uh, they pick the junior team from that camp. And then you could also stay usually how it works is you could stay for the three more days and then they have the, the national team tryout. So, wow. First, first year I went, I just went to the camp and then uh, I actually made the team, the USA team and started traveling with them more. What was what so, was that like then as a, as a young, like a young, young boy to be uh, your first camp and just to be say, look, actually, you know, Kevin, we want you on the USA team. Yeah, it was uh, pretty surreal. I mean, it was um, something that, uh, you know, I didn't even know was there. And then for my first year to be able to go do it. Um, my parents are pretty excited for me. And then that team pretty much just stays local in the U S we didn't, we'd, uh, play Canada. They'd come down or we might go right. there. Um, but, uh, it wasn't a whole lot of traveling. It was mainly just going to training camps and just trying to develop more and more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, still pretty special just to even play an international game, even if it is just against your neighbors, Canada. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. What, what did you, first of all, what did your family think? Cause I'm, I can only assume that your family were very supportive of the fact that they're letting you go off the trials for the USA. They obviously had massive belief in you. They'd let you go there. Then, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're helping you travel to places, driving as all parents do with their kids that take them right, places, right. the supportive ones. 
what was their what was their initial reaction when you said you know I've qualified for the USA team. Yeah, I'm now going to get to play international hockey. I'm going to get travel around the country to do training camps. Yeah, my dad was really excited. Um, I mean, in the beginning of that, I mean, he paid for a lot of money for me just to go and travel and to go to yeah. the, this camp and stuff. And then for it to come out the way we wanted, um, he was really excited for me. And um, I mean, he just, he told me, you got to, now you got to start putting in the work and doing the extra stuff, you know, yeah, getting yeah. in the gym and, um, you know, really want to pursue to make the national team. You got to keep going and keep learning. So, wow. um, yeah, he was, you know, he was real supportive. Um, and then actually, uh, kind of further on after I, I've been on the team for like three years, um, I actually decided right after high school, um, I went to the university of Illinois for wheelchair basketball. Okay. Uh, I went down there to play, um, and I was a freshman, so I'd never played. I was, I redshirted because of coach at the time. Right. Um, they had a lot of Paralympians of now there. And he was like, I can't play, you know, I got these guys and it's their senior year. I was like, that's fine. A redshirt, just practice, Yeah, yeah. you know, and just get better. And I was traveling back and forth to Chicago to play with the Chicago team for hockey uh, right. twice a week, driving two hours each way. Wow. Um, and actually I did that for one year and then. Um, yeah, I was just kind of, kind of getting old. And so that summer I said, screw it. I'm going all out training really hard, really getting into, you know, get way fitter and get ready for the tryouts. Cause I want to make the U S you know, the men's team. I don't want to yeah, be on yeah. the development team anymore. Yeah, of course. Um, and I was close the year before too. the coach even told me, he said, if it wasn't Paralympic year, I, I'd probably take a chance on you. But wow. at, at that time it just, you know, they were pretty good. And so what, what is this about 2004, 2005? No, this would have been about, so I was 16 when I made the U S development team. Right. Um, and then I played on that for three years. So this would have been right after high school. This would have been an 18, 19 okay, year. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So this is, yeah, right. Right. I left right after high school and went to Illinois. So, wow. um, yeah, so that actually that summer, uh, it was after they had just won the, the – no, I guess this would have been 10. Yeah, this would have been 10. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they had just won in Vancouver. Sorry, uh, you know what I'm, th I'm thinking about? Obviously, Winter Olympics are, the, are, are every two years after the Olympics, aren't they? So, right, I yeah, keep, that's, yeah, I keep that's my fault. Up. Sorry. No, no, it's me. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, so, okay. uh, yeah, I just – I was driving a lot to Chicago, um, and then uh, I made – I just, you know, made a – made my mind up and said I was going to make it this year. And then I went uh, right after they won in 10 that summer. And then I made the national team. Which is mighty impressive. I know you're saying you just missed out because it was an Olympic year, but then for to go back, it must, you know, it must be hard to then get into an Olympic winning team. You know, there's yeah. Because there's already a cohort of people there. They know how to win together. And I know you have to make slight adjustments and bring in fresh people because there might be one or two leave. But that's still a huge process to break into a Paralympic winning team. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, the year before, uh, I really thought I had a chance because I was, you know, leading our the development team in scoring in the league yeah. that we were in. And I thought I really had a chance. But, I mean, like you said, it's hard when a team's having success. I mean, even now, like with the team we're having success, it's hard for new people to come in. Yeah, so, um yeah, I mean, a couple guys retired, and I just, I guess I showcased that I could play at that level at tryouts. Um, and so they took a 
Jan told me. So what was that feeling like? So right, you've you've as a kid, it's, it must be an amazing feeling to, to represent your country. But that is the next level now. So you are now in the adult team, going to represent Team USA all over the world now, playing alongside Paralympic champions who know how to win. What what's the transition like? Um, it's, it's just like, like these people talk about like these NFL players, these college kids, it's night and day. The speed yeah. is, you know, everyone's fast. It's not like, oh, you're just, you know, there's a couple here and there that are fast. Everyone's fast. Everyone's big you know, everyone's strong and can, can puck handle and shoot. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was tough, but you just, it pushes you harder to get better. I mean, if you're going to play a better competition, you're going to get better. So, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so how yeah. did the how did the training change? What was the transition like in training? Because I can imagine, you know, being a young bug at 17, 18 years, I've been there myself, you know, you're training and you think, yeah, I've got this down to a T. And then when you make that transition up to the adult level and you're like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is quite serious now and I yeah. really need to up my game. Yeah, it kind of became like a full-time job because, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah literally after I made that team, I kind of decided – well, I'm never going to go anywhere in basketball. Like I may play here at college, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I'll never make the U S team. And, yeah. you know, I actually, um, I met a girl in Chicago too. Uh, she was on development team, my fiance now, Erica. Um, we met playing on the development team. Um, so I was going, she lived in Chicago and I was playing with the team. And I just said that summer after I made it, I said, you know, my dad, I think I'm going to move Chicago, just go to a smaller school up there and just take this full on because the program, this, the, it's called the Shirley Ryan uh, Ability Lab, Chicago Blackhawks. Used to be a different name. It was a lot easier before. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Chicago Blackhawks team up there had a way better program. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go full in on this and get up there. And then I can, you know, get more ice. There's way more opportunity. There's... um way better my dad was mad at first but i was like i'm just gonna do it so yeah. moved up there and then went to school up there and just uh yeah i was getting on the ice probably three or five times a week trying to get in the gym at least five five days a week and it it's paid off so oh, I mean, massively yeah huge yeah. Paid off. <laughs> so you've qualified for team usa can you remember your first team your first game for team usa as an adult I can't really remember my first game, but I remember my first like international tournament, yeah, yeah. which was in uh, Japan. We don't really go there anymore, but, but I was in Nagano where the Olympics were at. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were there, and at the time, I was playing with probably one of the best players, Alexi, that was on the team. Um, he was just so quick and so agile, and just he's been on the team for a while, and. Uh, played with him and we played against Japan. I don't know if it was our second game, but uh, I ended up getting like a hat trick and that was uh, probably the coolest feeling. I remember that for sure. I actually got interviewed afterwards and I'd never done anything like that before. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, yeah, just being overseas and doing that whole travel, it was, it was quite an experience. Your family and friends must have been so jealous that they just go, where are you going this weekend? Oh, I'm going to Japan. I'm just just going to play, <laughs> just going for a game of hockey over in Japan, international yeah. tournaments. That's pretty special. Yeah. yeah, and actually, when we were there, that's when uh, all the earthquakes and stuff were happening. Oh, really? Well, wow. so my family was all freaking out. It wasn't anywhere near us. 
uh, we got a little bit of like the aftershock. I think yeah, they yeah. said of it, but uh, it wasn't bad by us. That's that's. But of course that that added in, and my dad was freaking out about that with the time <laughs> difference. He didn't understand all that. And yeah. <laughs> so, Did, was yeah. there ever an opportunity for your fa- your family to travel with you? Uh, they never did until, uh, the games. Um, I mean, they could have, uh, but it just, it was too costly. So I I understand. Yeah. So, okay. So you've done your first international tournament and it's not, I'm assuming it's, it's not long after they've won the Paralympic games, but the cycle comes up very quick. So what is it like when you step into that first Olympic cycle? And I'm assuming, uh, although you're on Team USA, your space isn't guaranteed for the the Olympics. You've still got to maintain right. that and prove yourself, and then be selected. Yeah, and that's what's kind of crazy about our sport is like we have tryouts every year, and you're not guaranteed a spot. Yeah. Um, team stays pretty much the same, especially with the success. But uh, that's kind of like you know a little chip on your shoulder each year. Is you got to make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but leading up to the games, uh, let's see, 14 we usually move in together like as a team um, for three to four months out. That's kind of been like what we've done. Um, and back in, let's see, this would have been 13 going into 14. We went to uh, Colorado Springs, the Olympic training center. Wow. Um, so we moved there and that's pretty intense because you're every day with each other, um, you know, at the rink, driving to and from the gym, you know, all over. I mean, so it was it was a lot, but I mean it was a lot of fun too. I mean, I can, imagine, I can imagine a lot of fun, a lot of fighting. Yeah, <laughs> but it just There's ultimately a... brings you together, designed to bring you guys. together. Yeah, and it's I mean they did that back in 2010, so they said, well, they actually did it as players back in wow. 10 2010, okay. um, and then so obviously they won. So then USA is like USA Hockey was like, all right, we want you guys to do that again. So they they set it up for 2014 at the training center. Wow. So, so what? Firstly, what's it like when you get selected to represent your country at your first Paralympic Games? What's that feeling? Um, it was pretty surreal. Like when you get there and you're doing that the opening ceremonies. I was. What's that like? That's probably the coolest event uh, yeah. you could ever be a part of. Even my family said that going to it because it's just everyone's cheering doesn't matter what country it's there's just it's just a big party it's I can just imagine fun. it's kind of tingling skin yeah. tingling times yeah and i've never been in front of that many people before i think they said like seventy thousand or something that wow. stadium that's just nuts so yeah yeah that's absolutely crazy um, that is amazing i mean we're we're lucky international games if we get two thousand people to come yeah. to a game so i mean to go to the paralympics and it's you know, 70,000 and then we got 10,000 at the game. So do you get any training for that? Because that must, you know, do the coaches work on kind of blocking out the, the audience participation side of it or I'll teach you to draw from that because that's going from maybe 2000 to 10,000 plus is a, it's a huge mental barrier potentially for some players. Um, They don't really train on that part of it so much or tell you about, I mean, with the with the hockey rink, I mean, you do have the glass. It does take yeah. some of the sound. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's crowds never really bothered me um, playing. Um, the thing they try to train you on is obviously interviews and just being, yeah. you know, smart about um, you know team aspect about yeah. it and watch what you're saying and yeah, that kind of, of stuff. 
they yeah, train you before all you that. speak. <laughs> yeah. So. Very good. What was it like in the first game? First game, how were you feeling before you go out onto the ice for your very first competitive Paralympic game? Uh, I think it felt like sick. <laughs> that still happens now, even with big crowds. Good. Like, um, so it just, I don't know, I get nervous. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even in club games when <laughs> I play now, like when it's championship game, I'll get nervous. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's good, but it goes away. It's after obviously, it's obviously for you, yeah. But obviously, I think I kind of, I skated as fast as I could, and then I kind of just looked around for it a just, minute, and then yeah. I was like, wow, I'm here. Yeah, it must be hard to absorb until actually you've either finished a game or finished a tournament because I can imagine, you know, as a professional athlete, like your focus is solely, it might be easy, like you said, you find it quite easy to block out crowds and whatnot, but just because your solely focus is on just winning that game. And I'm assuming you've got those guys who have just won the Paralympics the, the, four years before as well, saying, look at Kevin. It's time to go. It's go time. When I coming back without a gold medal, we come back with another gold medal. Yeah, yeah. We are, we had great leaders in our locker room. We always have, and that's one thing they're good at with picking the team. They're good at picking good leaders and good yeah. character. It's not always the best player, but they're good at character. Yeah. So, and so, that's that's why we've had so much success. Yeah, yeah. And imagine you you now transitioned. This, this is your twelfth season. You are now one of those characters, one of those leaders in the, in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean. Uh, I mean, I've been there so long. I've been through it all, so I know what every single, what every player is feeling. Yeah, you know? definitely. So. And what is it like to win a gold medal at a Paralympic Games? Um, I mean, man, it, it was nuts. It's so like what I remember when we won in fourteen. Um, I was when they opened the door. I actually rammed into one of my teammates and like because i was so excited because in hockey everyone you know skates to your goalie and jumps on the goalie yeah, yeah and so i was just trying to get off the bench as fast as i could and i hit him and i'm like sorry and he's like no no no, <laughs> go 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 <laughs> and so like he had already he was one of the players that won in 2010 but it was just it was so much fun jumping on steve our goalie yeah. and just you know, oh, celebrating i mean can can take can you take it all in when you're there at the time or is it when you come back home and realize actually, wow, I'm now I've got a gold medal. This is what this is what kids dream of being oh, a gold yeah. medalist at a sports mega event. Yeah, I mean it uh it was quite amazing. I mean, for me, kind of like the backstory of the the games for 14. Um so like our team uh brings has 17 players on the team, and then for each game. Uh, 15 players get a play. So 72 had to be uh, scratched uh, or on the bench and um, usually in the stands. But so two of those spots are the goalies. Oh, actually, out of the five games, I actually got sat um, three of the the five. Right. So I only played in two of my first Paralympics. And the gold medal game actually was one that I didn't get a play in. I actually uh, got scratched. So that was probably the hardest day of my life yeah, when that happened um, in the locker room the coach said I wasn't going to play and you know you saying that after winning and um, all that and like how it felt at that moment um, when I was like in the stands watching the team play you know I kind of was pissed off obviously and sad and blah blah and you know I was texting my fiance and just like you know this sucks yeah. this and that I was like you know what you got to remember like you're still one of the 17 best players in the world like 
they could have <laughs> yeah. took other people. Like yeah, yeah. it took a lot of hard work to this point. You know, everyone has a role. And then at the same time, I told myself, I don't want this feeling ever again. So this next year is no joke. I'm going all out. I'm not yeah. giving them a choice. They have to play me. So, and then after when I came back and won, you know, and everyone's celebrating it, you know, and I'm showing it to kids and, you know, I like told you before I was one of those kids that saw one. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, that kind of just kind of gave me a little boost for the, for the next one. So. Which is really good. Cause I bet you get a lot of people who, and cause it's still not very old when you, you go into your first Paralympics who would not be talked around and be like, I don't care. I'm not going back. I'm done with it. I've, you know, I've worked this hard to get here and I've been scratched. I've played two games out of five. I'm not having any more. I've quit. I've got a gold medal. I'm happy with it. Although I'm not happy with it because I didn't get to play the gold medal game. However, I'm done with it. The fact that it's actually spurred you want to say, no, look, I want more of this. I actually want to be on that gold medal, on the gold medal game. Right. I could have went one or two ways. I could have gave up or then, you know, and obviously I didn't. I said, I'm going. So, so what and, did you do to change that then? So you're saying you come back, it sounds like you were already working incredibly hard. What what did you do? What changes did you make that made that difference? I, th- I think I just changed. I, I mean, I did your basic weightlifting before. Uh, we didn't have much of a program uh, through the team, like training-wise. It was right. kind of just on your own, yeah. what you thought. So I kind of invested in a trainer um, a couple of them I bounced around with here and there and, um, started working on getting ice time outside of practice, uh, like team practices, like mm-hmm. on my own or like at a drop in and worked on just little things that I know that I needed to get better yeah, at. Yeah. Um, because like with sled hockey, we have two, uh, sticks. So you have obviously your dominant hand, which is yeah. mine is my right hand. So my left hand isn't the best shot, but you know, the top players in the world, especially now you have to be good at both hands. Yeah. But at that time, if you could use both hands shooting, you were such a bit bigger threat and, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot better. So I really focused on that and uh, speed at that time. Cause I was a little bit on the slower end of the team. So right. um, I would kind of saw like Yammer Yager. I don't know if you know him. No. Uh, he's a famous NHL player. He's still playing. He's like 49 years old playing in like, I think, is it Czech Republic or something? Right, okay. but, but anyways, I saw a video of him training and he, and he was wearing like a weighted vest and put weights on his stick and all this stuff. Right. I'm like, that's a good idea. Just muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing that. I started wearing a weighted vest when I practiced. And then when I took that thing off, it was night and day when you yeah, played yeah. a game. So it's amazing. Yeah. What, I went to little stuff like that. Yeah. What kind of sacrifices did you make in your life then to get up to the standard where you knew coaches could no longer see you scratched? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just started to have more confidence too. That seemed to help a lot. Um, I started playing with a couple. They're now the one and two best in the world at the time. They were pretty young. Um, I started playing with those guys and we really built chemistry and our coach at that time saw it and kept us together in 2015, 16, those two seasons, we led the entire international play and goals assist. We all three of us were in the top. So that's unbelievable. Um, that that obviously helped big time too. So <laughs> uh, yeah, massively. And but you know, I, I mentioned the sacrifice part because I think it's really important to highlight. Um, and I've said this to a few people in the past. People just see the glory. They just see Paralympic gold medalist. 
they don't see all the sacrifices you made. Yeah, you've got a fiance. How many times have you had to not go out with her on a weekend? How many times have you not been out with your friends because actually you've got an international tournament coming up? How many times have you maybe not had a drink of alcohol because you've actually got a tournament coming up? I can't do this with my friends because I'm training. You know, those sort of sacrifices, was there even more made when you, you were now in pursuit of that that number one spot where I can't be dropped? Yeah, for sure. I would say definitely like going out with friends and especially drinking because I was – um, 23, 24 years old at that time. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people, guys I worked with even, um, you know, that every Friday they'd go to the bar after, yeah, you know, yeah. work. So I couldn't do that kind of stuff. Um, and then just try to get my diet a lot better too during, during the season. Yeah. No, so, it's, a, it's amazing. So you're now 15, 16, you one of the top three players in the world at international level. Next Olympics was coming around quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Young Chang. Yeah. Was, yeah. 2018. Uh, coming up. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we went to world championships usually. So like this year, you have world championships a year before. Yeah. yeah. So um, how you finish is how you're seated going into the games. So we went to, it was actually in South Korea wow. uh, in 2017, the year before. And I don't know. I just think that our team maybe had so much success prior that guys kind of did get relaxed and a little lazy, I would say. I mean, that was all around as a team. I'm not saying certain people were, but I think all around as a team that kind of happened. Um, And so we actually lost in a gold medal game against Canada. Wow. Uh, That uh, world championships, it was still a pretty close game, but we lost. And it was kind of a punch in the face. Like, Hey, like you can be, we can be beat. Like, you know, we can't, uh, we can't begin lax in the games this next year. So um, I think it was actually good for our team yeah, yeah. Um, because then our coaches started to make some changes too. And uh, yeah, started... I imagine it's probably better to be complacent at a world championships than at a Paralympic games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, what I've asked this to a few people. Would you rather be a world champion or a games champion? Games. Games. And is that just yeah. because of the spectacle of the event? Yeah, and I think it's just known more, especially for Paralympics, sports, um, world championships. People don't quite understand all of it. Yeah, of course. Um, so, okay, but the Paralympics nice. is growing and growing, so um, yeah. people are more and more aware of it. So, Yeah, I mean, certainly. And maybe it's just because we had the, the, the Olympics here in 2012. The summer ones... It was, it was hugely highlighted over here in the UK at the time, and I think from then certainly in the UK Paralympics has certainly went on to be more at the forefront as well. And the, and mm-hmm. it's, it's so well covered by media. Now there's so much more attention right. because of social media to that. I think, you sure. know, when I was younger, I had a rough idea what they were, but I wasn't massively aware. But now, as you say, because everything's changing with media, social media, it, it has just kind of blown up and there's, you just realize how talented every athlete in any of those games are to be honest it doesn't matter if it's Olympics Paralympics everyone's just an absolute mega talent and the, the talent pool is huge yeah yep 2018 then Pyeongchang you've had the wake up call after the world championships you've been selected again to represent Team yep. USA did the feeling change going to your second Olympics um I think I just had way more confidence um okay. Just because, 
you know, I was playing with two guys that were from Chicago. Yeah. We had built that chemistry again. Um, we were kind of rolling. Um, we were getting going again. Uh, the team started, we did the same thing. We moved away and trained together. Uh, and actually everyone mo- moved to Chicago. Uh, we moved into nice. a big man, like a mansion, like they rented it. It was pretty wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we lived there, did that whole thing again. Um, just, you know, got real close as a team. And I think going into those games, I was just way more confident in myself and didn't That's have sick. a little feeling in the back that, Hey, you might not play. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, shouldn't be cocky or anything like that, but I kind of knew that I was going to play. Well, if it can be justified, it's all right, I think. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean if you can justify going... you're going to be good and you're in the team, then I've got no problem. It's not cocky at all. Yeah. It's nice to hear that you said you felt extra confident, you know, more confident than the first one because there's that, you you there's no expect, there's no naivety going into this Paralympic Games. You know what it's about. Was that, did you feel any extra added pressure because you knew what the, the spectacle of the event was all about and what, what it brought with it? Um, I don't know. Not Maybe a little bit more pressure, I guess, just because now I knew that uh, I had to, like I was playing more, so I had, I had to perform um, and I couldn't make stupid mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, the biggest stage. So um, yeah, maybe a little more pressure with that, with like my game, um, yeah. with that kind of stuff. I wasn't necessarily a, a uh, big score on our team, but I was a good role player for that line. So, yeah. What's it like to win your second, and this time really win your second Paralympic gold medalist? Gold medal. Yeah, this one was unreal. Uh, I don't know if you have seen the the video of it because this was... Uh, a few, so there's a good chance I have now. It's uh, 37 point, I think it's 37.8 seconds left or whatever. So we were down one nothing the whole whole game um they scored late in the first and then we were we were playing well we just couldn't get a goal yeah. um and then all of a sudden uh game comes down to the end there's about a minute 30 and uh we were kind of running these three guys our top three guys at that time and they were they were like dead t- tired but they're 19 20 years old so coach yeah. was like all right you get two minutes get back out there and like, okay, okay. And so they, he tells me, he goes, I'm going to pull a goalie here at about a minute 30. He goes, you're the, you're the guy, extra man out. And I'm like, all right. So I'm getting all excited. I'm like, oh shit. Like in the <laughs> line here, we got to score a goal. And actually got out there. We pulled the goalie. Canada starts to get a break down the side. And I heard my teammate um, say, I got him. I got him. So I kind of let off because I was going to go after him. Right. Then he goes, no, no, no. Then the guy got around me and I was like, oh my God. And I see him skating. It's an empty net. I'm like, we're going to lose. Like there goes the gold medal. Like he's going to make this. And he shot it and it hit the post. And I was like, oh my God. And like it went in the corner and then our two teammates, um, one guy hit it up the board and then me and another guy went after it. And he got hit and I got hit. And then um, he dropped a stick, Declan. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, shit. And I like threw it to him. And then like we got the puck up. I didn't know what happened. I've seen the video now, but yeah. Brody made a nice move. <laughs> Anyways, all I see is everything happening because I'm pretty much towards the back of the play. So I see it all developing and I'm coming down. I'm like, oh, I got to go in the middle. Like I might get a chance here. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Brody made a move, made a pass. And it literally, he passed to me. 
and the puck hit my stick and it was so fast it started to go off and i'm like that's about to say the f word but i was like oh <laughs> you shit. go for it and uh then like it's rolling off my stick and then all of a sudden here comes declan out of nowhere snags it and then puts a top shelf and we wow. tied the game and i was I've never skated so fast to go hug him. Like, <laughs> like you could even see in the video, just all of us yeah. jump on him. And it was just unreal. Tied the game. And we went into the locker room after that, you know, to go into overtime. Yeah, yeah. We just had like the, it was just nuts. Everyone's jacked up. We're like, yeah, we got yeah. this, you know, and Declan even said, and in the locker room, won't forget it. He goes, after we, we win, everyone skates as hard as you can to Steve. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right. And he ended up scoring again in the wow. overtime to win it. And uh, yeah, we did that. We skated as fast as we could to Steve again. <laughs> so. I love that. And when the first one, you said you were happy with it, but you weren't happy with the way it happened. The second one's a totally different situation. How does winning a gold medal at a games change your life? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's opened up a lot of opportunities. You know, obviously people... Uh, you can kind of say it now and then, yeah. you know, it uh, just gives you uh, people more recognition and people know um, that was huge. But I will say after this one, I felt like I, I earned it more, you know, kind yeah, of was of for me. Um, of course, that's kind of what I told my dad after too. So, What do but, you then, though, as being the person who got scratched for a couple of games in the first Paralympics, what do, do you say to those people who are feeling the same way that you felt after their, your first Olympics? Uh, I say don't give up. And I always tell people, that, especially when they're first trying to, like never say I can't. Um, there's always a way to do um, something. And because, I mean, I, like I said before, I could easily gave up and been done yeah, with yeah. it and, you know, just went on with life. But uh, I didn't want that. And, and surely know, there's still an integral part of the team, even though they might not play every game. They've, they, right. they get some action on, on certain games and, and without their involvement, the, the gold medal might not happen. Right. And everyone has a role. I mean, yeah. especially in the team sport. I mean, you know, you may not, not everyone can be a scorer. Not everyone can yeah. be a, an amazing passer. You know, you know, you need guys that'll get in there and just go 110% no matter what. Yeah. And then you need guys that play smart. I mean, it, there's, you know, with the team, there's a lot of different pieces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like our coach, actually, he just said this to the last tryouts we had here recently. He said, you know, because um, he goes, it's not always the best player and all that. He goes, it's it's a puzzle. He goes, it's my job to put the puzzle together. You know, everyone is a different piece and yeah. I got to put the best puzzle together. So it's sometimes well over skill, isn't it? Yeah. So, Kevin, World Championships. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 how many of those have you won? Because I know you said you got a silver medal, but how many world championships have you won to go with the two Paralympic golds? Uh, three, three gold uh, three. world championship. Yep. Your trophy cabinet must look amazing. Yeah, I'm going to build a pretty cool one when I'm done. Where I haven't are, done anything really yet. But Where are the medals and stuff at the moment? Do you know? Uh, I usually just keep them. I have them like in their cases and then they're in a bag in uh, my office. So, Oh, well, at least, the, at least they're not in the attic or in the loft. Where no. most things go. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably do something cool with like the jersey and all that when I'm done. You know? Oh, yeah, that'll be super cool. I know that I was talking to a friend around Spock Karate and he asked me where my, my medals were because I've won two world championships. 
And I, I, I knew where they were. They were just in a cupboard, like, like you say, in the box. They weren't really doing anything. And I was telling my mom this. So my, my, my mom went away at Christmas and she, she got them all framed for me and put them with it. So they're now on the wall in, in my office. Yeah, that's there. cool. Yeah, it was that's really cool. nice of her to do it. Was, it was one of those things I, I never really, I suppose I wasn't massively sentimental about those medals. It was the memories of them off far right. greater than the medal. And yep. But actually, when I spoke to someone, I was like, yeah, maybe should be a little bit more proud of them and, and get right. them put up. So I'm looking forward to seeing a picture of that. <laughs> That'll be super cool. What are your aspirations moving forward? And obviously, you've got the World Championships coming up and the Olympics in 2022. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. is it is that going to be the, the end of your career? Are you looking to go to more World Championships, more Olympic Games? Yeah, I don't know. Originally, I kind of thought like a couple years ago that was kind of my plan was I'd play, you know, till 22 as long as I could. Just because the talent pool is getting so big now. We got a lot of young guys. I've been on it for 12 years. Hopefully, I'll have the third Paralympic gold. Um, Like I said before, we're trying to get married here. COVID kind of screwed that up. So (laughs) we'll we'll be getting married here in in July and then – yeah congratulations thank you and then uh you know we kind of want to have family and stuff like that so i guess we'll see where we're at after these games um but i'm having so much fun and i'm only i'm gonna be 32 for the game so kind of want to go again so it'd be nice to have a trilogy of world championship medals maybe it's another one this year and a trilogy of paralympic gold medals right that would be be pretty special (laughs) There there can't be many people who can say they've done that yeah, yep. It's so unbelievable medal hall. It's fantastic. And we have we have such a good team. I mean, it's just so much fun right now. Like even during this, you know, not ha- we didn't know if we were gonna play until about two months ago, have right. a season. Um, we still had guys. I did. I flew out to Colorado twice. You know, guys that would just get ice and invite everyone out, and whoever wow. can make it great. And we were training. And I mean, that kind of dedication that we have on this team is just yeah, yeah. That's why we're so good. So. Um, and just to be around everyone, it's a blast. It's just yeah. fun. So, and you've mentioned Canada a couple of times. Are Canada your biggest rivals when it comes to sled hockey? Yeah, yeah, they are definitely. I mean, they're they're the best games to play in. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just like NHL games are three two, three one. Yeah, you know, yeah. games are close. I mean, the last um, World Championships went to overtime again, one in overtime. Yeah. Paralympics prior to that, one in overtime. So they're. They're right there with us. I yeah, mean, yeah. they beat us before and they, you know, they're yeah, our biggest yeah. competition for sure. Where's the best place you've competed then? Uh, you know, country-wise, not necessarily event, you know, I'm not talking about the, the Paralympics or the World Championship, just, just the best country that you've been to that you've enjoyed the most. Probably, probably Sochi, Russia. Yeah. Um, And I think that was probably just because it's like where the, they put us for the village and stuff. It was kind of on the Black Sea. Wow. So it was kind of, it was cool. Um, hey. I really enjoyed that one. Um, like, I'll never forget one day, it was like almost 70 degrees. I'm like, I'm at the Winter Games. Like, <laughs> it's almost 70 degrees, but they yeah, said, yeah. It was, you know, it didn't last. But yeah, um, yeah. up in the mountains, which is two hours away, it snowed every day. So, right. Um, well, that, that's fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it Nor- wouldn't, Norway, wouldn't have been a very good Winter Games. My sister always says, she's like, can you just play a summer sport so I can go somewhere nice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. nah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I get there's been some pretty good 
pretty good summer ones as well, hasn't it? It's some pretty yeah. pretty cool places. Rio would have been a cool place to go. Definitely. Yeah. Did you go when it was in London? No, I, I tried to get tickets and I just really struggled. The, I think the just the, the want for them was so, and it was such a spectacle. I know every, I know every country that hosted it's spectacle, but because it was mm-hmm. in our country, it was it was really hard to get tickets. Hmm. Um, but yeah, hey ho, I still got to watch it on television, right. and, and and you know I've been fortunate to speak to a few people who have now who were in those games as well, just from the podcast. So it was nice to hear from their perspective, and it was it was good. It was really cool. good. What would be one piece of advice then? to a young person who aspires to be the next Kevin McKee? Uh, definitely don't give up. And like I said, don't, don't tell, let someone tell you you can't. Um, because I mean, I've tried multiple sports and I've helped kids, you know, uh, try sled hockey, play basketball. And it's usually, there's always like one person that or maybe a parent or something like that. So oh, my can't, my kid can't do this cause he can't reach to the ground and pick up the ball or he, he falls over too much in the sled. Like, you know, don't, don't have an excuse. Just keep, keep giving it your all and you can always figure it out and adapt and um, do it. So that's kind of my advice. Amazing. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle Day. It's been unbelievable listening to your journey. I'm looking forward to to seeing that third Paralympic gold around your neck. Yeah, sounds good. I'm I'm looking forward to it too. And I'll get you now whilst we're recording. Once you win that third Paralympic gold, are you going to come back on the podcast? For sure I will. Yeah, I had a blast. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.